Hello and welcome to Divisive Issues, the foul-mouthed, spoiler-filled comic book podcast for two comic fans and two non-comic fans talking about comic books and comic book history. I'm Sly. I'm Ryan. I'm Phil. And I'm Daryl. And today we're going to be talking about comic book history, right Sly? Yeah, we're going to be talking about Captain Marvel, but not that Shazam? Captain Marvel. And not that... Not Captain the, America? Not the Captain Marvel you're thinking about, and not the other Captain Marvel you're thinking Wait, about. Wait, so not Miss Marvel, right? Alright, so if, you th- so if you think about Shazam, it's not that one. Yeah. And if you think about Marvel's Captain Marvel, uh, Carol Danvers, who is the Captain Marvel, is going to be in the movie coming out soon. She's actually the seventh Captain Marvel. <laughs> seventh? Yeah. Every- so uh, that's one of the things I've always wondered about because uh, Captain Marvel's history is so convoluted and so weird. <laughs> I'm like, how are they going to fucking mishmash all the sisters together and make a fucking cohesive story? That they're just going to cut out most of it like they have to do to make anything in comics make sense. Yeah. Yes. But this is usually, I'm like, there's a part of me that I'm like, I recognize why, but like, I want this history. But for Captain Marvel, I'm like, nah, just skip to Carol. That's okay. <laughs> well, the thing is, like, for me, at least, uh, the history is what makes this character and Carol very interesting. But You know, like, I really like the history. And we're going to get into it, but, like, for a movie right now, especially because Marvel still hasn't made a female-led movie yet, I'm like, no, I, I get it. I also, get it, Ryan, you, you like The Flash, and there's, like, five of them. Yeah. <laughs> but, well, so the difference between The Flash and Captain Marvel is Captain Marvel was purely a cynical business decision. Really? Uh, yes. Like, everything everything about her, her entire, the entire character's existence and name is all purely cynical. Uh, the name was originally owned by... DC, basically they got it after. The well, originally, movie. it was Fawcett. Yeah, Fawcett, but DC. Yeah. Fawcett. Let's not get into that because <laughs> the DC's Captain Marvel has all long history. Let's not get into it right now. We already have. We already have it right. covered. We so. actually covered this in Identity Crisis. That DC bought up a lot of Golden Age yes. characters. Oh, okay. One of which was the Shazam Captain Marvel. Okay. So they got the rights. So DC got the rights to Captain Marvel, and Marvel was like, "That's bullshit. We should have the rights to Captain Marvel. We're Marvel." Mm-hmm. And so they actually took DC to court, and I don't know why, how the fuck, but they managed <laughs> to win this court case. And so the character everyone knew was Captain Marvel could no longer be called Captain Marvel. They had Wait, to change his name. Th- you're saying Marvel won the court case? Yes, Marvel won yes. the court case. Yes. Got so it. the character, they had, so it's like it's like if a company called Super Comics came out and said, "We own the rights to Superman now. Fuck you, DC." Yeah. It's like so. It's, it's the dumbest decision ever, especially because after they got the rights, Marvel was like, "What the fuck are we gonna do with his name? We have no fucking character attached to it." <laughs> and for what it's worth, DC called Shazam Captain Marvel until like what, like 2011. Guys, I'm really confused. Shazam is a character, right? Yes. It yes. named so, Shazam. He's, he's a little boy, big boy. Yeah. Big boy, <laughs> little boy, big boy. So he was Captain Marvel, and then yeah. after Wait, decades, hold on. Is he a DC character or a Marvel DC character? character. He's a DC okay. character. Okay. <laughs> Technically, So DC Shazam is the little boy, big boy. Okay? okay? Now, he was called Captain Marvel for decades, okay. but after all these decades of legal fighting, DC was like, fine, he's Shazam. Yeah. Okay? okay. So, we'll just, okay. we'll never call him Captain Marvel again. Was there ever a time when both Captain Marvels existed? Yes, there was, but 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 uh, they, they couldn't call him. What happened with what Ryan's referring to is they couldn't call him Captain Marvel undercover anymore, so they kept calling him Captain Marvel, but they called him yes. Book Shazam, and they oh, said this is okay. this is weird. So let's, let's eventually change this. Mm-hmm. They eventually conceded after a, a decades of, of yeah. this weird uh, thing because because the character like it's not weird for us because we, we we know him as Shazam, but like for that's like like I said like if it's they changed the name of Superman, that's how iconic he was back then, and they said and now you can't be called Superman now he's. Uh, the power of Krypton Man. Or like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, like, as of it stands right now, there's Shazam at DC and Carol Danvers Captain Marvel at Marvel, and that's it. Yeah. 
But yes, it took wait, decades to get that Wait, far. wait, wait. Carol Danvers is the original Captain Marvel? No, no I'm saying not, that's what no. it is now. Oh, okay. Yes. All right, all right. Yes, so, and even Carol, the reason why Carol Carol was Miss Marvel, and she's Captain Marvel now, <laughs> is to keep the brand alive. And yeah. that's what we're going to talk about. Because... because much like when Sony made the Spider-Man movies where they had to keep yeah. putting them out. Or Fox with Fantastic Four. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like Marvel had to keep putting out the Captain Marvel book. Otherwise they would lose the name. So they yeah. just kept reinventing it like constantly. Okay. Yeah. Because one, one thing we're going to consistently mention, or I'm going to consistently mention, is that Captain Marvel got canceled. Captain Marvel didn't sell well. There's never been a good son Captain Marvel book. And there still isn't. Maybe the mm-hmm. movie will finally change that. But this book... This title has only been around for cynical business reasons to keep the name around, and that doesn't mean that yeah. there's bad sto- bad stories associated with all purely bad stories associated with, with it. But it's just, it's just to note that this character only exists for for licensing reasons. No, it'll definitely be popular. I've never heard anyone say it's like you got to read Captain Marvel. I've never heard of Captain Marvel until you guys. Like <laughs> I've never heard the name, and reading it, I'm like. I can see why this isn't a popular character. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, like there's nothing interesting, really. Yeah. So the only until when I grew going to comics, the only good Captain Marvel story I ever heard was the death of Captain Marvel. That's yeah. What we're, that's the main thrust of what we're covering today. That's what the title is going to be called of this episode. The death. The most, most important thing that he did was dying. But, <laughs> we're uh, going back yeah. to cover the life and death of the original Captain Marvel. Or as he's known in the comics, Marvel. <laughs> and he was actually a captain of an alien race. Oh my god! I, was, when I was reading this, I was like, "This is just the dumbest comic thing." And then when I read the death of Captain Marvel, I'm like, "This is one of the best things I've ever." Heard. <laughs> so this is actually. Uh, I was really excited to do this episode because it's a perfect example of how with superheroes, sometimes different writers keep trying to reinvent something, mm, and yeah. then a good writer comes along, or just someone with a better vision for the character. And is like, I get it. And then they, like, define the character, even if it's, like, a decade later. Yes. And Captain Marvel's a character that gets reinvented so many times. Like Sly said, Carol Danvers is the seventh. That yeah. we are gonna... This is gonna be, like, a multi-part episode. A very multi-part episode. We're not yeah. even gonna cover all seven, because that'd be impossible. We're gonna cover, like, f- the five biggest ones. The ones that actually kept the title for, like, a, a, a book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So today we're focusing on the one that is not getting a movie, but... The like, he, but he he's gonna be appearing in a movie, I think. Yeah, he's, I, uh, I believe Marvel. he is. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, there's a Captain uh, Marvel, uh, Marvel, Captain, literally uh, Captain Marvel. Uh, he was created by Gene Cole and Stan Lee. And when we get to this, you'll notice it has a lot of similarities to Stan Lee's. Uh, oh uh, yeah, Superman. this this is just a Stan Lee ass Stan <laughs> yes, Lee story. Yes, so so this is also uh, this story is going to be like full of so many like explanations that are going to be required. Because first off, Captain Marvel is a Cree, and I thought Cree were always blue. No, so that's there's funny. pink Cree and blue Cree. They're different races. Yeah, Cree is a fucking lame race. I always thought they were lame. Yeah. <laughs> How are they any different than humans? No, that's because uh, they're, they're blue sometimes. <laughs> the only cool thing about Kree is that they're, they're led by. The only cool thing about the Kree is they're led by a, a brain in the jar called uh, Supreme Intelligence. <laughs> but you, you don't have to have the Kree for that interesting leader. You could. Yeah, I'm like that's thing. that's just like a concept. You can yeah, apply to anything. Yeah. So, the the first issue to talk about how Stan Lee is, it's from December 1967, and it's Marvel Superheroes number 12, and it's the classic kind of Stan Lee move that he did this a lot, where he wanted credit for creating characters, so he would write the first issue of a new character and then. Mm. Just give it to somebody else right away. He did this with She-Hulk too, so yeah. he's. This is the only Stanley Captain Marvel issue, right? Yeah. So okay. So yeah. So Stanley's brother's one issue. So not only is, is this a generic Stanley uh, Spaceman story like the 
Stanley imagines Superman's story we did. It's also uh, Gene Colan uh, co-created him and drew the book. And Gene Colan we talked about in the Tomb of Dracula issue. We've talked about Gene Colan a lot. Howard the Duck. Uh, yeah, and, and Howard the Duck and Doctor Strange. And if you remember any of the stuff we talked about, how his style was very fluid and organic. Uh, here, it's just a straight-up Jack Kirby ripoff. And Gene Cole, like, this was before he really developed his own style. And mm. Gene Cole says he, he fucking hates Captain Marvel. <laughs> he hates his character so much. He hates the cat costume made for him. He fucking hates his character so fucking much. And he says, I just saw him. I, my name is on that book, but I fucking hate that character. <laughs> his co-creator was like, fuck Captain Marvel. He's a shitty character for cynical business reasons. And I showed you how fucking shitty this character was until uh, until one of the later creators uh, took, uh, took him on. Took him yeah. out, more like. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> took him out. <laughs> So this story begins, and it basically Captain Marvel of the Kree. The Kree are like a typical warring space alien thing. They're, they're humans, but more advanced, basically. Yeah, they they sent them to go conquer Earth, and Marvel doesn't like his colonel because his colonel wants to kill him. And his name is what? Kill Rog or something? Yon Rog. Yon Rog. Yeah. His he wants to kill him because uh, he's. Captain Marvel is in love with one of the other shipmates. The medic, the Colonel, uh, Una. Yeah. But the but the medic is in love with Captain Marvel. So, you know. So yeah. so like they love each other, but Jan Rog wants Una. So he's like, I'm gonna just <laughs> send him on dangerous missions until he dies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's known to everyone that this is happening. Like yeah. it's such a weird thing because as he sends him out, she's like, "I guess you're gonna die." You can really <laughs> yeah. tell. Stanley just dumps the exposition. Where he's like, "This is the premise." Bye. Like that's pretty much it. Yeah, and then uh, so they drop uh, Marvel on the planet, and he's given like an hour to breathe. This is such a weird, like, pointless story. Uh, for the record, the, DC, who's usually way dumber than Marvel at this point, was already <laughs> phasing out the exact same premise for Aquaman in Justice League, yeah. where he couldn't be outside of the water for an hour. And they're all, at this point, even DC was like, that's pretty dumb. Yeah, but they, they kept, Marvel kept doing this for a long time. Like, like when later, we'll get into it a little bit, but... Uh, so uh, he has to wear a helmet or else he can't breathe for or, or he can only be for only an hour. Less, just less, just less. so you guys know, in case you're wondering, the helmet does not cover his mouth. And also, and also, when I mentioned his, his costume being horrible, uh, it's green and white, and he has a Saturn uh, Force symbol. So mm -hmm. yeah, uh, it could be any. It could be any planet with a disc. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> he lands on this planet, and there's like a rocket ship that launches off nearby, but blows up because he's emitting radiation. And he starts <laughs> jumping away. And one of the things I hate about like a lot of superheroes back in these days is just how many of them are like completely interchangeable. Where he's like, the Creed's the Cree planet's gravity is so much greater than my planet, yeah. like Earth, that I can just jump really high and I'm really strong. This is why I hated that fucking Superman story because it's it's such a cliche uh, Stanley story. Like, yeah. how is that different from this story? Yeah, where it's just like the, a Superman that comes to Earth and it's like I have to learn from the Earthlings and they're all yeah, not exactly. bad. But he does have a laser gun that shoots dark light or no black light at people. <laughs> black light. And it just makes it makes everything uh, fucking like uh, a day for night shot in a movie. <laughs> yeah, and, and you get and you see everyone's blood and cum stains. You know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. he flies away and then he's like. I guess I'll find a hotel to stay in. So he <laughs> he takes off his mask and puts it like in a, in this like his thing that he's carrying. What is that? A by the by the way, this I should we're not gonna talk, cover this whole entire story. This yeah. is the first part of it. Uh, it's three parts and so much of it's fucking filler. The part where he's 
jumping around the, the, the missile base is filler. Him, yeah. him, te- um, him going to the hotel, untying his shoes is all filler. It could have been one fucking issue. Not just untying his shoes, but the first thing he happens at the hotel was so confusing to me. Yeah, it was he starts, so confusing. He grabs his hand and he's like, ah, the colonel, he's getting me. And, it, and you're like, you're like, oh, he's killing him. And he's just giving him a watch. Like, yeah. <laughs> like his wrist, he gets paralyzed so he can't move. And then a wrist teleports to his hands. Just like, none of this makes sense of like, it should have been really easy to kill this guy if you can paralyze him also how about do, isn't this like standard procedure that you warp things down to people does it shouldn't he know i'm being uh, <laughs> what no why not why not take this with you you goddamn idiot yes i guess really and number two and the second issue they reveal that the kree supreme intelligence knows yon rog wants to kill captain marvel and they're okay with it like let's go for us do, do it dude like why didn't they just kill him just fucking laser him like what the fuck and the thing that baffles me about this issue is because it's part of like a marvel preview magazine at the time it's only 10 pages and mm-hmm. gene colin has a lot of like big panels and it's still so boring yes. yeah yeah, and then nothing happens. Cause, yeah, like an hour goes up. And he's like, "Let me put on my helmet that doesn't even block my nostrils." And then he's like, "Now I can breathe." And, and the ship's th- gone. They try to give him this grandiose because, like, the Kree want to invade Earth, I guess. And no, they want to invade Earth. Did you want to see what what Earth's all about? Because Earth stopped a bunch of Kree ship. Well, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And so, but he looks out the window and he puts his stupid helmet back on. He's like, "No trace of the ship." Now here, I stand truly alone, unknown and unsuspected. I hold the fate of a planet within my hands. I don't think he does. <laughs> no, he doesn't. Well, I guess he could call in the Kree to, like, kill them. But, like... <laughs> but they're trying to kill him. Well, I... Uh, so... And he knows that. I'm going to defend this. <laughs> <laughs> I want to defend this. That, yeah, they could kill him, but it's the same way, like, it looks bad politically. Like, they're probably like, you know, you have... They want him to die, but they they don't want to look like a, an assassination. So he I, ha- I think just... you're giving... Without knowing the full arc, I feel like you're giving this too much, like, leeway and room. To to be good, I don't think I, I feel like <laughs> humans do that all the time. Yeah, people do do that. People people will send somebody to die just uh, to avoid. Uh, uh, fucking what's his name? King David. Yeah, King David did that. It's a fucking Bible story. It's, yeah, almost, it's, it's a biblical in a sense. <laughs> this is as good as the Bible. <laughs> anyway, okay. yes. Yeah, so uh, that was the, that was the first. Or we're gonna have a whole fight, fucking tight thing because literally part three is literally one big fight scene for a robot. Like there's nothing else. <laughs> that fucking, yeah, that sounds good. Part, a human, yeah. uh, Earth robot. No fucking Kree robot, and then and and that, I, I I was I, I was like considering whether we should do it, and I knew Dara fucking hated it because every page Captain Marvel was like, I can't believe me a Kree is fighting a Kree robot, and the Kree robot is like, I can't believe a Kree warrior is turning against a Kree robot. This is un- unheard of. I think even the Kree robot is aghast. <laughs> All right, so what what happens to Captain Marvel? What like does he turn into? All right, so uh, to uh, the, uh, to jump ahead to issue seventeen. This character wasn't working. No one fucking liked him. Everyone fucking hated him. But they're like, we gotta keep publishing this book. So they're like, let's completely change him. Keep in mind, he had two issues in that Marvel preview magazine, and then yeah. his issue one was right away. Rebooting him at issue seventeen is crazy. <laughs> yes. Like, uh, so they're ready. So that's why I wanted to jump to this one because this one sets up like what the most famous status quo is, and it's also like an introductory issue because no one's reading this book, so they're trying to set up what all these characters are doing. It's also the most derivative. Yeah, uh, so it's a ripoff of the DC Captain Marvel now. Now it's Little Boy Turns Big Boy. They said, like, let's make him Little Boy Turns Big Boy. So the setup is Captain Marvel went back to uh, the Kree planet and uh, he, he helps, he saved the Kree Supreme Intelligence slide. So the Kree Supreme Intelligence is like, I'll send you back to Earth. 
But uh, he, but I won't save you from going into the negative zone. And Captain Marvel flies to the negative zone saying, fuck, I'm trapped into this plane where I don't exist <laughs> Wait, anymore. The one thing I want to say is this is now Roy Thomas and Gil Kane. Gil Kane, yeah. I really love his 60s stuff. His yeah. 70s stuff is just lots of big dramatic heads all the time. I, I do. I will say I do love Gil Kane's style. I love his anatomy. Like, I love how fluid his motions yeah, are. Yeah, right. I wanted to talk about this because, like, as I was reading this, I'm like, have we read something by Gil Kane before? Because he has so many, like, pages are full of just, like, a whole person, like, twisting and bending I, constantly. Like the, of the, the one with the guy, the kid on it, right? Yeah. Where he's, where he's twisting. Yeah, like, dude, he's doing hitchhiking and he's twisting his high bike to hitchhike. Yeah, it, I, I, I noticed that too, but it is weird how many of the panels are also just the face with these eyes, like, wide, like, See, So I have just, I know I'm in the minority that I prefer Gil Kane's Silver Age stuff, but... Oh, wait, I want to say, I want to say, yeah. <laughs> I agree with you because whenever he draws people's heads wide-eyed, they look like they're fucking stoned out of their minds. Really <laughs> oh my god! They do! <laughs> like wow. it's like they they have they've like never seen something it's, so crazy before. Yeah, this thing of both Bucky and Cap. <laughs> so I appreciate yeah. his technical I love his technical work, but it looks weird in so many panels. <laughs> we should take some of these shots yeah. <laughs> and put them on the on the episode yeah, thumbnail. Yeah. <laughs> so uh yeah, so then he Captain Marvel went to negative zone and Kree is like, I won't save you from negative zone, but I will tell you to find a little boy to help you instead. <laughs> that's where we get into the issue. That's that's just a little boy. Rick Jones. It's Rick Jones. I'm Rick James, bitch. Right? <laughs> He's yeah. now Captain America's sidekick. Rick Jones is everyone's sidekick. He was yeah. the Hulk sidekick, then he was Cap's sidekick, and now he's going to be Captain Marvel's sidekick. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's basically just Rick Jones. We might get into more later, but he was like the Marvel Universe sidekick. He was the kid who uh, Bruce Banner pushed out of the way. Uh, and, and, that, uh, and if, if Bruce Banner hadn't saved Rick Jones, Rick Jones would have become the Hulk. Oh. Uh, I forgot that was the same guy. Yeah, and so moment. Rick Jones felt the loyalty to Bruce Banner. So he, he, even though the Hulk was like, fuck you, kick it out of my way, Bruce Banner, uh, 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 Rick Jones was loyal to him because he wanted to help Bruce Banner even while he was transformed. And then eventually, uh, like Hulk just smacked Rick Jones a bit, long, a bit too much around. Rick Jones went to photo coma, and when he came out of it, he he met Captain America like immediately after Captain America came out of the ice, and he's the one that introduced Captain America to the modern day civil civilization. So he mm. was uh, that that character, the character who said, "Here's how you, America is like now." Yeah. One of my one of my favorite parts is when Rick Jones is like, "I want to be Captain America psychic," and he dresses like Bucky, who is dead. And Cap yeah. was like, "You can't just dress like a dead kid. Are you? What is wrong with you?" But then he eventually became Bucky anyway. Yeah, so he be, eventually uh, Rick Jones became a uh, Captain America psychic and an Avenger, and that's where he was at this point in the story. Yeah. All right, so Captain Marvel's flying through space and negative zone, saying, "Fuck help!" And the. the <laughs> The Korean Super Intelligence talked to him saying, Don't worry, I will send a little boy to help you. And the title of the book is, And the Child Shall Lead You. Uh, so Rick Jones is uh, trying to fight Captain America, uh, but Captain America is secretly the Red Skull right now. <laughs> <laughs> Just such a comic book thing to do. And like Rick Jones comes up and he's like, Cap, why are you running from me? And then Captain America, a Red Skull, turns around and goes, your petty concerns do not matter to me, boy. Only Captain America matters, and Captain America needs no one, and he backhands him. Like, yeah. backhands him so hard he goes flying. Like, it's not like yeah. he slaps him. He, like, Imagine getting punches. slapped so hard you fly across the room. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, he, like, punches him with his back of his hand. Pete uh, talks to uh, Marvel about about Rick, and he says, like, 
Uh, like Rick was rejected by like he was an orphan. He was rejected by the Hulk. He was rejected. Now he's rejected by Captain Marvel. So now, uh, uh, Captain America. So Rick, so Rick Jones is really like fucking like uh, distraught. So he goes to the Avengers. He's like, I quit the Avengers. Fuck you, Jarvis, who's the butler in the comics. And he's like, fuck you, Jarvis. Uh, you alpha ripoff. You eat shit. Uh, I quit. And uh, he goes uh, hitchhiking, which he does the weird body contortion that and, Phil mentioned. And this like the um. Roy Thomas's dialogue for him is he like this kid is just complaining all the time and he's yeah. so sassy too. He's hitchhiking and he complains his thumbs are yeah. too tired. <laughs> From now on, Jones, whether you hitch it or whether you hoof it, you're strictly your own boy. <laughs> Rick Jones, Rick Jones is one of my favorite Marvel characters. <laughs> of but there's is. so many fucking people that can't write him at all, and they write him so fucking terribly. I think Roy Thomas is one of those people. Uh, so he writes, like, he's like, hey, daddy-o, I'm a hip mama. Like, he's trying to be hip, like, with yeah. the kids. Yeah, where you heading? When I get there, friend, you'll be the first to know. Yeah. So when we get to, uh, uh, hopefully we get to Peter David when he does Rick Jones. He does him a lot better, but here he's terrible. He's a fucking annoying little kid. Yeah. <laughs> Rick Jones, like, uh, he hitchhikes, but he wants to stop out in the middle of nowhere. My and God. he's like, I don't know what compelled me to pull over. Classic but... comic book thing where it's just like, some impulse is making me do this plot thing, and I'm not going to really Yeah, yeah t- that leads me to my destiny. Yeah. And the weird thing is, like, he has—he's he, already been compelled by this weird, uh, <laughs> right? Uh, impulse, and all of a sudden, Captain America shows up to compel him first. He's, he's like a Captain America with like glowing and lightning around him, yeah. just yeah. running around. <laughs> and he's like beckoning him forward. I like, come, Rick. You want me, don't you? Partner. <laughs> <laughs> and Rick's like, Cap, I love you. Please love me, Daddy. I love you. I want the parents finally. Yeah. And uh, so he chases after uh, Captain Mer- America. And he finds this really weird, uh, tri- like, this is another reason why I like Gil Kane. Yeah, I, uh, hey, really, that's why, like, it works because it's very 60s. Like, you could tell, like, maybe Gil Kane was still in that's mind while you drew this because <laughs> it's, like, really weird architecture, a real, weird green statue of a devil. Yeah, in the like, of it. it doesn't look like, like the ones we've talked about before where it's, like, this big machinery thing. Like, it's really strange. And as Rick Jones... Organic almost. Yeah, yeah. he says, I've been in mad scientist labs before, but this takes the test tube. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> There's Cap in the doorway. I've got a feeling we're getting down to the nitty gritty. <laughs> yeah, so, and he's just saying this every fucking panel. Uh, like, when Jones doesn't fucking stop talking, this whole time he talks so much. <laughs> he sees Captain America, but Captain America starts fading away, and he, he fades away in front of these wristlets. <laughs> they're the Nega Bands, right? Nega Bands. They're just golden bracelets. Yeah, they're like, they're, they're Nega Bands, but I put them on. <laughs> you know, Nega Bands. <laughs> just go, they're just fucking golden bracelets that like, they call Nega Bands. Yeah. yeah. Whatever. Captain Marvel, his floating head appears before him. His floating, floating head appeared before this, but, only, but Rick Jones couldn't see it. But now his, his floating, wide-eyed head appears. <laughs> and Rick Jones is like, what the fuck? No, he tells him, bite your tongue, Shadow Man. <laughs> you're talking to a easy. guy who's almost an adventure. I don't scare easily. Yeah. <laughs> and you're right. He's actually very chill about it. He's uh, Captain Marvel's like, uh, hit your bands together and you will summon me. And Rick Joe's like, sure, why not? We aim to please. Yeah. And, you, and when he ba- uh, hits his bands together, he switches place with <laughs> Captain Marvel negative in the negative zone. zone. So it's like, sucker. <laughs> and you're like, in hell forever. Yeah. So this is a setup. Basically, it's, it's little boy meets big boy, but instead of literally sharing the same body, they sw- the molecules share the same space. So they can't exist in the same space together, so one of them has to go to negative zone. Also, what natural dialogue. Now, wait just a minute, mass man. Maybe you're free, but what about me, Rick Jones? <laughs> <laughs> I feel weightless, all zonked out, like I'm between different different places. Where am I? 
you are in negative zone. But when I smack my wrist together, like, they literally just fucking... Yeah. yeah. Like, obviously, we got this. Yeah. But this was to introduce new readers. This was to, this was to really make it dumb and, and obvious for, like... Yeah, I, I do like this concept, though, of them... Because Shazam is, like, it's still the little kid when he's big. But I yeah. like this idea of, like, you have to trade places with the superhero. Because one of the things, like, in the later issue, Rick Jones is complaining that he never fights anyone. Because all he does yeah. is, like, he has to basically run away whenever villains yeah, he, come near. He calls his big, strong friend. I don't yeah. want to uh, burst the bit of optimism you guys have in here. But that actually, the whole they occupy the same body, it's the same mind thing from Shazam wasn't a thing until the mid-80s. They did also do this. Oh, uh, yes, okay. Uh, well, yeah, so this is of Shazam. <laughs> All right, uh, there goes that novel idea. Yeah. So, so, so then, uh, Yog Rog shows up, and he's just, he just established, "I'm Yog Rog. I'm your mortal enemy. You want you want to kill me for killing your wife, Una?" And and that's it. Just establishing the readers, and they fight. And Yog Rog. Just just and, real quick, he has at the like the bottom right corner, Roy Thomas of this page. He just puts in like four paragraphs of text of like them strafing around each other. Yeah. And that was one of those Stalking. weird instances where I'm like, like, what were you doing? Here. I didn't even read that. No, I, know, I missed it because I was like, what is this? Stalk him, Marvel. Stalk your human prey as you once did the mishappy carnivores of far distant battle to look Be- uh, Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. <laughs> really? Carnivores is fine, but you don't know the word Beetlejuice? <laughs> Circle, faint, thrust, as you've done against the marauding Akron. Akon, yeah, the Empire crazed skulls. But this is this is thing that many times says all the time. Dara, I thought you loved this shit. No, I, I do find it really interesting. It's just like it's just weird because I don't see this often. Like anyone else's work, where you just take like you just write paragraphs in like off panel. Like this isn't in a this isn't in a narration box or anything. This yeah. is just sitting at the bottom right of the page <laughs> with yeah. a white background. Yeah, yeah. It's, like, it's easy to skip over like Phil did. <laughs> but yeah, so so the, the fight is mostly established that uh, Captain Marvel is way more powerful now. He can increase his strength and speed with by by thinking about it with the mega bands. Mm-hmm. This is far fucking powerful. Almighty bands are just lying around here in this random fucking spaceship <laughs> that no one found. And Young Rog was, was coincidentally uh, like following him at the same time. Like I was, I followed this little boy expecting he'll leave me to Captain Marvel. Yeah, I followed this little boy who didn't know where he was going, who left <laughs> in the middle of the desert, and I just yeah. said I'll go in the desert too. Well, because he knew he knew he'd leave the. So <laughs> Destiny. So, like, was this a recurring catchphrase? Every time Rick slams, smashes the next, yeah, every time he slams the negamans, he goes fantastic. So uh, I'm pretty sure. It, uh, so uh, spoilers. Uh, this book got canceled like uh, pretty quickly after this. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so I just wrap it up real quick. Um, what happened was, uh, uh, Yon Rock flees. Uh, Rick Jones is like, I can't, now I have your passion for revenge. Just go kill Yon Rock together because we're sharing the same molecule. So I want your revenge now. Spoilers: He kills Yon Rock the next fucking issue. It's <laughs> really fucking pointless. Wow, I thought it was gonna be like a that's like the main no. thrust of the journey. I love that it ends, and somehow I know I'm gonna find Yon Rog for him if it takes me the rest of my life, and it next just issue. might, Rick Jones. It just he, might, yeah. unless he, he finds him first. Next issue. And then he dies. In like 10 <laughs> yeah, years. it yeah. might. It might not. <laughs> so, um, and another thing, the next issue is the last appearance of Carol Danvers, the current Captain Marvel, who was a supporting character in um, the series until this point. Uh, when Roy Thomas made his new status quo, Carol was gone. We'll talk about her next episode, though, because that's too much to cover already. Yeah. Uh, so the series got canceled, issue 20. Uh, Captain Marvel fucking died for, for the first time. The first time. <laughs> yeah, so then uh, they brought him back. They brought the series back after like a, a couple months of... How'd he die, Sly? Tell me. Uh, so during the Kree the Scroll War, which is a big Avengers event, 
uh, Rick Jones got injured. It, like Captain Marvel and Rick Jones were separated, and then Rick Jones was injured, and Captain Marvel was like, "I will merge my molecules with him for real, so he will survive." And he was gone for a long time, and Rick Jones thought he was dead. And then next issue, uh, Captain Marvel appears in his head again, and Rick Jones is like, "Oh no, it's a ghost of Captain Marvel." And Captain Marvel's like, "No, it's me. I, I'm just back. I, I, it was a bullshit death. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not really dead." And Rick Jones is like, "Oh, good. We're back to normal, guys." He just says like, "I'm just back. Sorry. Yeah, I was in the bathroom." <laughs> Like I got, so he was canceled. Clearly, his book wasn't fucking selling, so no one gave a fuck. They kept swapping writers every fucking issue, and finally, uh, it was so shitty in terms of sales that the artist at the time, Jim Starlin, which we covered in the Stanley uh, episode, he was the guy who wrote the, the clown issue. But he also mm-hmm. did Death in the Family. He also did Thanos Quest. Thanos. He created Thanos. Uh, he's the co-creator yeah. of Thanos, which is gonna be important. But uh, so Starlin was just the artist of the book at the time, and uh, Mar- Marvel's like, we really don't give a fuck. But we have to keep the license going. So let's just give it to the fucking artist. We don't give a fuck. And that leads into Jim Starlin's run, which introduced Thanos, and it was this big, long, sprawling event that covered, like, it's like, we, we, we would have covered if we would, but it's like 20 issues. And it's, it is excellent. It, it is a, a, the first, like, major, really good uh, Marvel, mm-hmm. like, cosmic event. Yeah, listen to the Thanos Quest episode if you haven't to hear us praise Starlin's writing. Yeah. And yeah. this is, like, where Starlin first started writing. So this is when he really, like, that style that's really, like, perfected and on display in Thanos Quest starts, and even that story starts in his Captain Marvel run. Yes. Mm-hmm. By, by the time he was done with the arc, he was pretty much done with Captain Marvel. Like, that was his, like, uh, essay on the character, basically. Uh, so he, he, he wanted to leave the book and work on Adam Warlock instead and move on to that run and, and Mike Stanley as a clown. He, he introduces one story for, just before leaving that will become important later on. So the cover of this issue says, Introducing Nitro, the man who killed Captain Marvel. It also has Nitro, who's this like long, white-haired old man, saying, No one can stand against a man who explodes into atoms, then lives again. I gotta say, his power is pretty strong. Yeah, At first it is, I'm like, definitely. what a stupid power. And then I'm like, actually, it's really powerful. Yeah, he fucking Isn't explodes. He the one like that a... explodes that kicks off Civil War? Yes. When we get to Civil War yeah. for hopefully the new year, uh, we'll meet him again. He's the guy who fucking kills us, school bus of kids. Oh, it's actually him? Yeah, it is him. Wow. Yeah. That wasn't a joke, guys. <laughs> wow. This is now 1974. Captain Marvel 34. This is right after Jim Starlin's big Thanos story, like Sly said earlier. This is the, like, coda of it. Mm -hmm. And it starts with... Is is his name Mentor? Yeah. Yeah, And and Rick Jones calls him Men. Yeah, he has a nickname for everyone, Rick Jones. But uh, Mentor is uh, Thanos' dad. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, why is he not purple? Like, I thought everyone on... Uh, Titans no, is purple. No, just Thanos. No one else just is Thanos purple. Just Thanos purple. I don't even know. They, I don't know if they, they explain why he's purple, but purple. purple. <laughs> why does he look like a human and Thanos doesn't? I don't know. <laughs> I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know either. But uh, this idea for Thanos' <laughs> planet was it was a paradise. I actually liked that. Uh, I actually liked the movie Dove where it was a paradise, but the overpopulation destroyed it. Mm-hmm. But oh, here, sure, you like, yeah, we're <laughs> like, if you listen to Oops, every every episode is like. Sly being like, one day we'll all drain our resources and murder each other. So yeah. when Marvel does it, you're like, and then he tries cool. to kill half of us. I think it's more the more interesting take than this guy. This guy was uh, living in paradise, and then he I fell agree. in love with death, and he wants everyone to die. <laughs> yeah, he's the horniest. I I still love that concept that he. I, I do, but I, I, but for terms of how the planet factors into it, I like the fact that uh, I think that this makes that factor more into motivation more. Samantha is an old man with a green cloak. His brother is uh, Eos, aka Star Fox. 
but not that Star it's Fox. Not Eos, it's Eros. Eros, sorry. Yeah. Oh, Eos, somebody else. But and Eros is has the power to make people horny, literally. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's all you have to know later on. Those to become important. But here's just wrapping up their involvement with Captain Marvel, and they're like, "Thanks for saving the planet and killing Thanos or defeating Thanos at this point." And then we also get a bunch of Rick Jones stuff that he like has some manager, and he's like a big rock star guy or whatever. And he, he wants to get into music, matter. and yeah. he <laughs> teams up with a sassy, no nonsense black woman. Miss yeah. Rachel Dandridge, dandy to you. Yeah, it doesn't. None of this fucking matters at all. And then I like the the manager. The manager comes in and goes, "Yes." <laughs> so, so, so uh, the only reason why Captain why, uh, Marvel never really took off was because he always had like whenever he was on Earth before he was he was on the military base like fucking around the military people, including Carol Danvers. And then when he got hung out with Rick Jones, he just went from town to town with Rick Jones playing music. Uh, but most of the time, most of the interesting stories was, was him in space just fighting aliens. So yeah. the su- supporting cast wasn't that compelling. Yep. So the the main thing that this in, this issue the like the main plot that kicks off is it reintroduces Carol Danvers on a military base and then Nitro is this Nitro's first appearance? Yes, I like how they call him on the radio the Lunatic Legion to Agent Nitro answer at once and then they're like, hey, uh, your assignment is to go to Gary, Indiana, and then it like cuts out. <laughs> so yeah, Nitro shows up and he like wrecks the military base. Carol Danvers, at this point, was just a security guard at the military base. Uh, her status quo was uh, she had to investigate Captain Marvel's secret identity, who was a scientist at the, at the military base. And like she was basically like, low slain to his uh, Clark Kent. I love the idea. Yeah. What are you going to find out? That he's like an alien and that's it? Like, does he have a life on this planet? No. Like, he, 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 he was... Uh, he, <laughs> a, a, a scientist died just, just as Captain Marvel got there, and he took over his identity. Oh, my God. And so what happened was, uh, it was basically like Clark Kent and Lois Lane, where... Captain Marvel gaslit her, and uh, she made her think she was crazy. Like uh, she saw an alien right in front of him while, while he was standing next to her uh, as a, as a secret as a secret identity, and she's like, "There's a fucking alien spaceship." And uh, as, as Doctor Lawson, the secret identity, is like, you're, "You're crazy," and she went to the superior saying, "There's fucking aliens, guys." And Doctor Lawson saw it too, and Doctor Lawson's like, "She's a crazy woman. Like you show her. she's obviously having a period." And everyone's like, "Oh fuck you, to Carol." Oh, and, man. So uh, she was basically like, it would be like Clark Kent gaslighting Lois and making her think she's crazy, and she Which suspected she did. him. Of, <laughs> yeah, and she suspected of him. Uh, she didn't know he was Captain Marvel, but she knew uh, he was shady. Like she's like, I I, I never saw you in this beast before. Uh, you you don't look like Lois in before. Like mm-hmm. uh, where's the, where's the original photo of you? And she was hunting, trying to track down his his secret. But uh, eventually, they're like, fuck this whole time military base thing. He's gonna hang out with Rick Jones and <laughs> uh, Carol left the book. Now she comes back, uh, just to guard this. Uh, Thing called what's it called specimen compound 13 compound 13 yeah. which is a poisonous gas that can wipe out the entire planet like all life <laughs> on the planet yeah very good thing to carry around and, yeah. yeah and then nitro shows up and they and have like two guards guarding <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah i was thinking that i'm like what <laughs> what like low budget military base did they put this super it's like putting all the nukes on the planet just no, in, like <laughs> but that's how you know it's like it's secretive because you wouldn't have like three guys guarding it right <laughs> yeah, the old bait and switch. Yep. So then Nitro shows up, which, as we said, he's in this purple suit and he has long gray hair. And he's just like old man. He looks like um, he he reminds me of Nail from Streets of Rage Two. Oh, just okay. his design. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. <laughs> and, and his power is that he explodes and then comes back together. And yeah. he steals the armored truck that has Compound Thirteen in it, and he's driving away. And they get. <laughs> Coincidentally, How does this even work. He gets t-boned by Rick Jones, his tour <laughs> car. 
Yeah. But it's funny because he's in an armored truck and like Rick Jones and his manager are in this like little tiny car and it shows like they like collide past each other or something and like the armored car's wheel goes off and it flies off the road and flips over. Whereas well, Rick the Jones other car's car okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you just wouldn't expect it. Are armored car wheels more defense or no? Well, it's like, not about just the wheels. It's like if you have one really heavy object and one lighter object and they smash into each other. I it, mean, I guess if. If Rick Jones's car is the one doing the impacting while it's going the other way, I guess it could push it. Well, let me just pull out my reference table. We're, we're and, not even uh, sure what happens. <laughs> punch in M1V1 equals M2V2, right, guys? Oh, my God. Yeah. But so then Rick Jones is like, I could take this guy. And he goes and tries to kung fu him, as he says, and just mm-hmm. gets – he eats shit right away. Mm-hmm. And then he, he fantastics and clangs his hands and Captain Marvel shows up. He doesn't say fantastic at this point. I think, I think they dropped it. Yeah. Yeah, they dropped it. So when Nitro shows up, he he starts fighting the new partner, the like sassy black woman, and he's like, "Don't make me laugh. What mugger did you ever meet who could blow himself up?" And then when Captain Marvel shows up, he's like, "That seems like a self-defeating power." <laughs> yeah. And he kind of mocks him, and then he's like, "Uh, no, this is what I mean." And then he explodes, and it's a full two-page spread of Captain Marvel being like, "I just fucked up so <laughs> yeah. bad." Yeah. Uh, they like is Nitro always keeps calling him a creep for some reason. Like, "You fucking creep!" I'm trying to bust <laughs> my fucking sting. When Nitro's <laughs> way more creepy looking. <laughs> yeah. And then he reforms in this really cool effect of, like, all this purple gas that reforms into his body. Mm-hmm. And then they fight for a while, and he just keeps exploding. And, like, I don't want to be dismissive. Like, the fight is pretty cool, and yeah. I really like Starlin's art in it. But, like, nothing else, nothing really happens in it. Yeah. Captain Marvel loses the fight. Like, he explodes so much that Captain Marvel loses. Yeah. Cal shows up, and she's like, I exist still. And Captain Marvel's like, what the fuck? You got <laughs> yeah. written out, like, a long time ago. And then the the tank was... He got away with the tank, the Compound 13, Nitro yeah. did. She explains, she explains to him that the Compound 13 will kill everyone. He's like, okay, I got it. I know the stakes yeah. now. And even then, Starlin does cool effects, like, while she explains it, instead of just her face expositing, there's an Earth with two skulls behind it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're just like, it'll destroy every living thing in the state of Indiana. And if the whole thing blows, it'll depopulate the planet in a day. So then he chases after him. Captain Marvel catches up with Nitro. They fight a little bit more, and this time he actually lets Rick fight a little. Yeah. Well, well, actually, he he yeah. wants to uh, do the Mega Band switch while holding onto uh, Nitro, so that way the overload Nitro make him explode even harder than he normally would, so he can't reform himself. Which yeah, is exactly. Like, it was just a really weird, like the uh, the description of that. Like I, I wasn't really following along. Same. Especially because he like he summons Rick in without telling him the plan. He's like, just hit your bands before he yeah. explodes. That's one of the problems with Captain Marvel in general, which probably didn't help him catch on. The naked bands aren't very like it's a weird. There's the whole no like, hard off. science behind it. It sounds like it's just like it yeah. does stuff. Yeah, like Roy Thomas said, he wanted to be a more sci-fi approach to Shazam, but it's just as mystical bullshit. Like there's yeah. no like yeah. uh, logic yeah. to it. Especially like I feel like for an alien invader, you want that like pulpy sci-fi feel. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But either way, they defeat him. But with his explosion, with, with yeah, with that last explosion, there's a a figure in the mist forming, and it's it's a cool effect where it's like a figure rises. Whose figure? And meanwhile, Compound 13 continues to leak because the gas is leaking out. So Captain, it was Captain Marvel that survived. Yeah. And he holds on really tightly a, on the it's gas. It's just like two panels that shows you the figure is. It's just such yeah. a needless panel. Well, it's just like it's Roy Thomas. Jim Charlie's trying to call back to Roy Thomas. Needless fucking dramatic moments. <laughs> Yeah, so he holds on really, really tight, and it it reseals the container, and the gas 
The gas stops, so they save the world. But Rick Jones thinks, hey, you can withstand that gas, can't you? I mean, Marv, you can understand that. You can withstand that gas, can't you? And then he passes out, and we see a sunset. And Rick Jones is just in the negative zone. Uh, just <laughs> well, like, like, well, Captain Marvel is apparently dead. Yeah. And then it's, you know, it's, tune in next issue to see what happens. And Captain Marvel's fine. He gets, he gets up uh, next issue. Yeah. But uh, four years later... So... Yeah, this is now the death of Captain Marvel, and it's a long one. And I this is done by uh, Starlin, all, right? all yeah. Starlin, all time. I think this is actually eight years later. This is now 1982. Ah, okay, so eight years later. So just to clarify, this was Marvel graphic novel number one. This was a series Marvel did. This is also where uh, God Loves, Man Kills for the X Men was released. Um, ah. Yeah, so this format was like Marvel trying out like standalone graphic novels that were longer and usually more like prestige art, format. Th- yeah, and and it, uh, they're actually good. Yeah, <laughs> a lot more. They were a lot more mature, and a lot of them had a lot more diverse art styles. Like you saw a lot more like painted stuff and like stuff like that came out. Less typical Marvel style at the time. Yeah, yes. it like it like now we think of graphic novels as like a very dime a dozen run of the mill kind of thing, but like these were very ahead of their time. Yeah, and like it's it's hard to even like trying to summarize this story in fifteen minutes or less is going to be really tough because it's like it's not going to do it justice. Mm-hmm. It's like it's I wasn't kidding before when I said this is one of my favorite things I've read in a, a long time. Like I I really don't give a shit about Captain Marvel, but then reading this, I'm like, this is so good that I do give a shit about him in the context yeah. of this story. Yeah. Yeah. So all the other issues, you by no means have to go back and read, but I would recommend reading this one. Yeah, even if you don't like Captain Marvel, you would probably like the story. And Yeah, it's a good story. So by, by this point, Captain Marvel had been out. His series got canceled again. Uh, <laughs> Jim Starlin gave him a, his run, gave him like a, a breath of life that lasted until like issue 60. But uh, he just never really had another good arc after that. And eventually got canceled. And they were like, let's publish a new Captain Marvel story. And Jim Starlin's like, can I fucking kill him? And Marvel's like, you're like the, the only like definitive writer Captain Marvel ever had. So you can tell the story about the death of Captain Marvel. And yeah. so it begins with him telling an audio log about his life. And you get a lot of that early backstory about his origin with Jan Rog and everything. And the thing is, the way he recaps it here, and, like, we're not going to go through it again, but it is so much more engaging here than the actual, the, story. Like, than the actual <laughs> stories. Like, yeah. it makes it seem like even, like, his boring costume just, like, has this sense of, like, he's an alien exploring this world and realizing that, like, you know, he's being betrayed by his commander. And, like, it gives it a much more pulpy sci-fi feel than the original stories that tried to do that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. The summary is better than the like the yeah, actual. Yeah. Absolutely. I was gonna say one of the important things to note is that one of the it, the events that we didn't cover is that he met this big monster blob with a man's face and an eyeball called Aeon that gave him the power of cosmic awareness. Ah, uh, yes. They gave cosmic awareness to a lot of people in the seventies. Yeah. <laughs> Did they? I think it was just well, Captain like, Marvel. I think Captain Marvel. Well, Captain Marvel. Doctor Strange got it around that time. Well, it was yeah. not, that wasn't Cosmic Marvel. That was just like he was in tune of like like life on Earth. Okay. <laughs> that seems kind of the same to me. It's just, it's just life. It's Earth awareness. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and also uh, what 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 it is like he can detect any shift in like reality that's relevant to him, and it's, it's like it's arbitrary what that is. Like it's the powers that be that find that, but he okay. can 
So it's it's more broad yeah because I looked it up because I'm like this sounds like a very interesting power that I was surprised like wasn't discussed earlier and I mean they, they, it was mentioned in the previous issue that he was granted the gift of awareness this this power was given by Eon which is like a floating rotting eyeball head yeah and and, and it made Captain Marvel the protector of the universe like now he became like this the most cosmic hero of all as the cover always calls him and it's neat because it's it's basically omniscience but only limited to anything relating to you. So yeah. if someone is like gonna fire a laser across the universe and if it hits you, you're gonna know about it. But otherwise, you don't know, which I think is a neat like just power I hadn't seen before. Yeah, you're gonna fucking love uh, when we get to back to later on and see what they do with it in more modern. Oh era. yeah, yeah, yeah. So as this <laughs> recap continues, uh, someone who is this? Oh, Eros. Comes Eros. Over. Star Fox. Come Star Fox. Star Fox is like <laughs> I can't, can't do, do that. I can't let you do that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, he's like, hey, why are you recording audio logs? You're pretty young, you know? And he's like, uh, you never know. <laughs> yep. Anyway, then we, um, we get some recap about the Avengers fighting Thanos and how during the fight, uh, all these heroes fought and they, the cost was Adam Warlock. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Adam Warlock died in the fight fighting Thanos. Mm-hmm. And Thanos turned to stone. Yep, Thanos turned to stone. And what I like, too, is that Mentor's there for this and who's Thanos' dad. And he's... And, Captain Marvel's like, it didn't just cost out of war, like, it cost you a son. Yeah. And it's like, then we see Thanos encased in stone. And as they're talking about this and bringing his, they're going to bring his stone back to, like, the royal mausoleum or whatever. His stones. Yeah, his stones. Uh, (laughs) The cosmic awareness, Spidey Sense, kicks in. And they see that there's an ambush going to happen. They have this fight. He realizes that he's like, I thought we just left him on the ground. But he's up on a stage. Like, it almost looks like the statue's on, like, an altar. An altar. Dun, dun, yeah. dun. And that's when he's like, oh, shit. And it's a bunch of uh, Thanos acolytes. Basically, now they worship him as a god, now that he's dead. And they believe he's going to come back and fulfill the prophecy or some shit. Yeah. And it's funny. They beat the shit out of these guys, and then they're like, get out of here, you bums. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> like, one thing I like is, like, uh, Star Fox and Mentor are like, let's kill these fuckers. While Captain Marvel's like, I, I better take him out myself so they don't die because uh, I'm the only one with any like any. Yeah, any kind of restraint die. that he knows, like yeah. the cosmic awareness allows him to know exactly how to fight them to like incapacitate them but not injure them. Whereas like all the other people will just like Batman them into the hospital. Yeah, yeah. Just, they, they can't control their power, and mm-hmm. his cosmic awareness also can be turned inward, which is how he knows that he is sick. Yeah, so he, he reveals it by coughing and, like, uh, very yeah. clearly appearing sick after this, fight. This, this whole scene I really like because this is when Captain Marvel realizes that they're worshipping Thanos. Mm-hmm. And Mentor, yeah. his dad, just starts yelling at them. Yeah. Do you really not see my son for what he was? He was an evil lunatic who used you and would have sacrificed you without a second thought or remorse. His promise of a new life would have proven to be death and oblivion. But you morons repay his treachery with blind worship. You wait his resurrections with prayers on your lips, unbelievable. Believable. We'll want no more. And he like like casts them out, and he just yeah. yells at them. Yeah, yeah, leave this place of evil and begin that new life that Thanos promised you. His death has freed you to do so. And as he's yelling, that's when Captain Marvel collapses, mm-hmm. coughing. And yeah. he goes. He's he agrees to submit to examination by the Titan technology, and it's again just really well done. Like you see these different machines beeping and booping, and it says examination. <laughs> but he even says like, I know, but. Yeah. Sure, I'll and let I, you see. And I like when the, when the mentor diagnoses him, he says, On Titan, they call it the end of the, in their decay. You Kree have named it the Black End. Earthmen call it cancer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
it is it is weird that all these races have the same exact way of like your cells just start multiplying out of control. It, but I, th- I think that's a very like it, it, maybe it wasn't at this point, but it becomes a very specific Marvel idea. I mentioned this in the Thanos quest in Marvel. Uh, there's an action alternate universe where Captain Marvel didn't die, and he made a deal to end death forever. Oh, and uh, <laughs> that 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 becomes the cancer verse, and starts spreading yeah. to our universe and starts destroying our universe. It's a very universal idea that if life uh, continues unabated. Uh, it will destroy everything that exists, and that's oh, why death. That's why death has to be a constant force in the Marvel universe. Oh, also, I feel like if you're gonna have one disease be uniform throughout all life, I feel like the body turning on itself and growing out of control is a pretty like that. To me, is a very yeah. compelling. Any any organic thing. life could do that to itself. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was interesting how because a lot of this comic is basically about how superheroes can't escape cancer itself like it it's just such a powerful like force yeah yeah uh, to be subject to which which i enjoy because there's so many stories about like how people keep coming back to life how all these people are immortal but you don't get to see stories of like hey what happens if this guy gets cancer because back when like he held the canister that had the most toxic poisonous substance in the world uh that's what actually gave him it was a carcinogen yeah and that's what yeah, gave him the cancer like- it would have affected him earlier, but the photonic power of the Negabands <laughs> fought it off for a long time. But it's one of those things, like, you're a superhero, so it would make sense that your, like, superhero gimmick would fight off something like a cancer. Even if it's not an inevitable victory, yeah. it does make sense that someone who's super powerful would be better. Yeah. And so, like, they said, like, it's because of the canister, and they start talking about, like, maybe the Kree could cure this? And, mm-hmm. and he's like, I'm going to talk to all the planetary governments that we're in contact with and see if they have a, some kind of cure and he yeah. says the Cree don't have a cure because they spend all their time on fighting and they've never spent their resources on curing this uh-huh. and then he adds the little like jab in they're a lot like earth in that respect yeah, yeah. fuck humans right yeah that's a good one starlin <laughs> just throwing that out there real quick to be like what if we spend all that money on research that's not a bad thing point, to say but point. it's also not like a a new idea yeah, no. I'm just yeah. saying I, I like I like that. But that theme <laughs> does come back in a, in my favorite moment of the whole book. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so, so the next moment is he has to go tell his future wife, who he just plans to have babies with. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forgot her name. Elysius. Elysius. Uh, so he goes to her, and it's a silent panel. Uh, and mentors watching far away. It's as a whole it's, silent page. Whole silent yeah, page. Like, it's really good. Pa- panels. Yeah. yeah. So like, and you can see like, there's no text, but you can see by the reactions that he's telling her, and she starts crying. And mentor can't watch. And he starts walking away. He can't watch anymore. It's so good. It, it's it's yeah. very. I feel like that's very startling. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. I also like her name is Elysius. Elysium was the Roman afterlife. You know. Mm-hmm. Also, the name oh. of a Matt Damon movie. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> So he got, he continues to recount his life uh, in a second uh, autobiography where he talks about Rick Jones and the negative zone. Um, he talks about meeting and working with the Avengers. And he says how he, he's defended this universe. And they have this really cool single splash page of every villain, I guess, who's like ever fought him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All flying at him. And he's like, some later became friends, but too few. Wait, I, I'm, I'm sorry to diverge, guys, but I needed to know this. Who on the right side of this page is that super buff watcher? 
That, that's the Watcher. That's the Watcher. The, the <laughs> Captain Marvel fought the Watcher. I don't know. I haven't read the issue myself, but I know they got a beat. I thought the Watcher. I, I thought the Watchers so just had like big head, little bodies. They are changed. Uh, I think in the eighties they, they made it so he was just a bald guy. <laughs> then they made him back into a baby man in the nineties again. There's also like there's just a, a golden skull on the ground. It's like mad at him. <laughs> that guy, that guy too. And he's like, I'm afraid I'm going to leave behind more enemies than any man should have in one lifetime. Mm-hmm. And, but he says, though, I'm glad I was able to at least stop Thanos. And you see a lot of the heroes fighting Thanos alongside him. And he's like, it was usually Adam Warlock or me that, that fought these kind of cosmic villains. But uh, in the end, it took nearly all of us to stop him. And you see, like, like kind of like the classic like from the Infinity War movie shot, mm-hmm. where they're all just, like, on him Grabbing him, grabbing him. Oh, it really is that shot. Yeah, it basically wow. is. Yeah, he also mentions... Um, because uh, Adam Warlock, we, we mentioned in the, in the, the clown episode, uh, the Stanley episode, that Adam Warlock basically was destined to turn evil. So he was his whole, whole plot story was him trying to kill himself yeah. as a as a god entity. So like it, it's interesting how Jim Sterling plays on the idea of death all the time. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And so like uh, he talks about how Adam Warlock welcomed death, but like Adam Warlock says, "No, I I, I love this life. I didn't want I don't want to leave it." Yeah, yeah. And he says, you know, I actually need to go see someone else. Rick James. Uh, Rick James. Rick Jones. <laughs> James, bitch. <laughs> and he says uh, his life may depend on it because maybe since we share a space or whatever, maybe when I breathed in that canister, you know. This is one of my favorite too. scenes in the book. Yes. Yeah. So it, as he goes there, it uh, it cuts to New York and it says, Earth, New York City, the night spring air is cool and refreshing. Just right for sitting on a 44th Street tenement roof. The guitar's gentle rhythms weave sad patterns, and a strong but sensuous voice fills the twilight breezes with songs that seem strange coming from one so young. Yet even a short life can be rich with experience, especially if that life belongs to Rick Jones. Or Rick Jones, as Captain Marvel calls out to him. I just, I really like Starlin's introductions of that. That gives you like a lot of depth behind it. Even if you didn't read any other like stories, like this already tells you more about him than I got from like all of his quips. Well, that's what I was saying. How like I didn't give any shit about him at all. Mm-hmm. But like you can encapsulate so much emotion and relationship background in just the way they talk to each other in in good writing. Yep. Yes, that's uh, that is important because like a lot of problem with uh, a lot of sticky stuff is quantity, not quality. Well, yes, you can get the idea across more. Yeah. I think that yeah. that's what always like bugged me about like a lot of the writings of the older stuff. It definitely does feel like quantity, not quality. But, but yeah. like it is worth knowing this. This is a, uh, this was a tradition of the graphic novel format to Marvel. So yeah, this, that's is, this true. is them trying to up the quality. And uh, yeah, this, yeah, this and it, it fucking shows because yeah. they have this really this sad conversation on the roof where he's like explaining to him that he's. Got he's got cancer and he wants to make sure that he gets a checkup too, and he's like, "You're gonna." Rick Jones is like, "You're gonna get treatment, right?" And he's like, "Yeah, I am, but the problem is I'm Cree, so I, I my biological system is different from Titan and Earth people." And Cree, because the Cree hate me because I betrayed them, so they're not gonna help out, so I'll, I might be fucked. And he just yeah. starts yell, like Rick Jones starts yelling at him, like, "You're you're just gonna give up and die? Don't give me this no hope crap." I, you know, I've seen you in action. I know you can beat anything. Like you're a Cree warrior. You're trained to fight death, not lay down and surrender to it. And he's like, Captain Marvel's like, yeah, all my powers, though, are useless in this kind of situation. I can't kick or punch or fly away to escape cancer. It doesn't work that way. My body's betrayed me. It's mm-hmm. my own biology which is killing me. All I can do is accept my fate. And he's and Rick Jones doesn't give up. He's like, you're maybe, maybe you're prepared to accept it, but I'm not. You're, yeah. you're not like, you're, maybe you're willing to give up on life, but I'm not. You're part of my life. I'm not going to quietly sit by and watch you die. I'm not going to let you die. Mm-hmm. And he runs off and slams the door. It's like, it's just a really... 
it's just really great. Scene. And then after he slams the door, it leaves. He leaves Captain Marvel on the roof, and the, all the panels here, like they have had the skyline, and now it's just a white background of just Captain Marvel saying "Rick" in really small font. I'm I'm sorry, I can't help it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Rick goes to the other heroes saying, uh, Beast, Wonder Man, Black Panther, uh, Ant-Man, Iron Man, Thor, Vision. Vision, yeah. You're all, you're all super smart, like geniuses from all different walks of life. Like, Thor, you have magic. Uh, Ant-Man, you can fucking also, shrink. Also, Thor is a doctor. Is oh, yeah, he? Thor is a doctor. Yeah, I forgot. Because I was going to make a Don joke Blake. because, like, Rick Jones thing. is coming to him for help. I'm like, I wouldn't go to Thor for help. but Thor's, I... like, secret identity is a doctor. Oh, right, the other guy. Oh, my God. Yeah, when he was <laughs> condemned to Earth to walk the Earth in the comics, he was a doctor, yes. Yeah. And they're like, uh, we can't help. Sorry, Rick. We'll try, but... And Rick's like, fuck you, and he walks out. <laughs> no, not only that, they're like, you know, don't expect any miracles. We're only human. And he's like, oh, I see. I get it. In other words, you'd like to help, but it's not good business taking on anything it doesn't look like you can lick. Bad for the old reputation. Mm-hmm. And then Beast is like, wait, wait, that's not what we meant. And then he storms off anyway. And then this, this is like one of my favorite moments. Mm-hmm. And this goes back to the, like, when you said about, like, the resources that Earth just doesn't care. Mm-hmm. So a door slams and a room full of the world's most powerful beings falls silent. But it isn't the irrational outburst of a youth in pain that so humbles them. For if Rick Jones had remained, he would have learned that all within that room had already arranged to go to Titan to work with Mentor in finding a cure for Marvel's ma- Is it malady? Malady, malady. yeah. yeah. No, that which has so subdued them is a common question they ask. E- they each ask themselves, why? Why haven't we used our genius abilities and powers to stamp out this dreaded killer before this? Each has his own answer. Each finds his own answer unsatisfactory. I really like that line. Yeah, I and like I that love song. that idea of like, because everyone always asks like, oh, you have all these super geniuses. Why don't they cure cancer? Why doesn't Lex Luthor cure cancer? Like all these questions. And then this book is like they didn't think about it either because they're too wrapped up in their own plots mm-hmm. yeah yeah and they even have this this other scene here where it's like this the news is received with mixed feelings shock and dismay on the news joyous triumph for the artificial they don't say on the news or it's just they don't say they don't say any character they show like each of the people from his life right yeah. intelligence say a joyous triumph for the supreme intelligence restrained passivity for the watcher so, so remember as a friend who it's a cowboy his, space cowboy for like a bubble helmet the space farmer he's in overalls with like a robot oh, cow some people call him a space cowboy <laughs> yeah well, and you know it's even that i'm like i can excuse this like reindeer spaceman like yeah because uh, it's just drawing from history like the yeah, comic book yeah. history yeah yeah and it's we've talked about this before like we talked about this on identity crisis is you can have a quick montage where it's just like okay this is silly but the point you recognize like oh this is somebody that matters this is somebody matters yeah they don't stop the book and they're like see captain marvel 12 for the time that he helped this space yeah. cowboy plant carrots sexy and stan as, <laughs> and yeah. as captain marvel gets more sick time goes on he goes to talk to eros and he talk he talks to him and says hey i just want to talk to you because i know how you feel about alicius implying that he has some kind of feelings for her mm-hmm. and he's Alicia, like uh, eros is a horn dog yeah and he's like i never and he's like i know it's not important i'm gonna be gone soon and I need someone to... She needs someone to talk to and confide in and trust. She's going to need a friend. And will you do that for me? And he says, of course. And as he walks away, uh, Eros is crying. And it's like... And at this point, he's in this... Captain Marvel's in this, like, new suit. It's, like, kind of more like a... A robe, like, generic. Yeah, it's like, like a robe. And he looks a lot more, like, his face is more sunken in. He's lost a lot of color. He says he can't wear his costume anymore because he's too frail in it now. Yeah. yeah, he said it would just look silly because he doesn't fill it out anymore. And it's like, there's a lot of little things like that that yeah. are just like, if if you've ever lost someone to like a long disease, mm-hmm. that's what it's like. It's these little moments of just like, no, that's different now. Yeah. yeah. 
And so he goes to this computer room and he thinks about his life with Elias. And he yeah, says, we get some backgrounds for her, like how they used to, she used to be an enemy. Now she's a friend. They were going to have kids. And he just gets angry and just says, like, I fought all these things, super villains, monsters, and now this is going to do me in. You know, everyone has to die. And he says, says, it's like, yeah, or did you think you were unique? And I guess that's what it's all about. I just never figured what happened to me. Deep down inside me, I felt those special things that would make me who I am would just live forever. It's hard to accept that the world is going to go on without me. Damn. Yeah. Yeah, And that last panel, it's all black and he's in, like, a spotlight. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's why this show, this fucking comic comedy, because I like, I, I, I'm like, I, per, like, I have a real, f- you know, fear of death myself, like constantly, uh-huh. always like fearing my mortality. So this, this whole story is about like facing it, mm-hmm. and yeah, that's why I'm like, this is, it's so, some of these little scenes are so powerful, like, like raging against the idea of dying and. It it know. strikes especially hard too because throughout this entire comic, he's actually very like passive about it yes he's very passive and like he's kind of like in a mode where he's accepting it but like he has the outburst here because he says the anger always remains like you always feel just like upset that this cosmic injustice has happened to you but you can't do anything about it and that's that's cancer that's what it is you know but and one of the things too is because this is in a shared universe his like normally when you read like a book that's like the death of this character it ends and then it's over but him saying like the world's going to go on without me, and I have to accept that. Seeing all these other superheroes that you know are going to be here next month, to me, like, resonates a lot more than, like, a normal comic book story where you're like, oh, it's over. Yeah. You know, it's mm-hmm. just, it's yep. it's like real life. And speaking of other heroes, they're all trying to figure out uh, how, on, they're on the same uh, Titan, which is the name of the planet, Yeah, uh, Thanos is from. They're all on Titan trying to figure out how to stop this disease. And, and they just said we can't because of his Negabands. Like, the Negabands kept him alive, but now... The cancer has basically adapted to it, and if the Negabands come off, he'll die. But if but anything we try to do is negated by the Negabands. Yeah, because so. they're, they're protecting him. And he he falls, uh, he collapses, and basically he's now bedridden. And the rest of the heroes come in, like every single hero you ever met in his life, from the X Men to they fl- the you see like the you see the Moon of Titan, and you see con- like all these ships flying from all across the galaxy, and some you know all these weird shapes. You you see this. Like I said, like every fucking hero in this panel, all those who fought uh, beside him and a few have fought against him mm-hmm. come to say, "Who?" but now all think of him as a brother, a brother who is dying. They've come to Titan to say goodbye to one of their own. He's looking really bad now. Yeah, from this point on, he's hooked up to a machine and there's like hoses in his nose and stuff. And Yeah, Alicia yeah. sits with him first and says, "It could like I always feared you dying in battle alone on an alien planet, but now at least you, like, I'll be here with you. This part fucked me up so much because he says, "There's," he said, you know, that's what's the most frustrating part about this whole business of death. There's so much I don't know about you and so little time left me to find it all out. And she's just like, yeah, much too short a time. And like the idea of, especially because this isn't his like original love interest. It's not like a Lois Lane Clark Kent thing. This is his third love interest, I think. Yeah, it's a new love interest. And we like, we as the reader don't know much about her, but then he's like, I have to die before I learn everything about you. Like, that's... The, the, the thing that got me about the scene wasn't that, but it was that she was saying that this is probably the best way for it to go. Because, like, Phil said that she was saying that he would probably die on some planet surrounded by enemies. But at least this way I can be with you to the end. I want to share every moment of life with you I can squeeze out. And then she says, I hope that doesn't sound too selfish. And he says, no, not at all. I think it's beautiful. Yeah, I I did cry a lot. I think those are both effective. <laughs> I think those those are both effective ideas. Yeah, 
So we see um, people come to visit him. This is this is another just like slightly sad thing too, because they're like, "Hey, you have visitors." It goes from Earth, and he goes Rick, because <laughs> he's waiting uh, to see Rick Jones again it's after they Rick. fought. It's, it's it's the thing trying to be like, "Yeah, yeah, whatever." Tough yeah, the thing being the strong. thing. And right, right, Spider Man, and, and Spidey like is like, uh, "Okay, I gotta go," and he like he's yeah. upset, he can't handle it, and it's like people deal with death in different ways. Yeah, the thing is like, what the fuck? But Marvel's like, no, I, I, like it's okay. Like some people uh, face death and passing; others are struck right in the face. Mm-hmm. And uh, and he says, still, still others, it's sharp blade in their hearts. Yeah, because the yeah. the thing with with Spider Man leaving, so he like storms out, and he's like, it's just all a bit too much. I'm just a little shaken. And I really like his point here, and I think it speaks to Peter Parker because. He's like, no, like, people die, but we're superheroes. We're not supposed to, like, get cancer. Mm -hmm. And, like, it speaks so much in just this one page about the compartmentalizing difference between Spider-Man and Peter Parker, where, like, Peter Parker's family dies. Spider-Man lives forever. That's why he's always making jokes and all this stuff. And, like, he's, like, forced to come to terms with this, and he just can't. And he doesn't Mm -hmm. come back. This is his scene in the book. Mm -hmm. He leaves, and he says, I just can't handle this. Yeah, and, and like he talks, he had they like comfort him, but like he never does go back. He just talks with Beast about it, and, and Rick Jones comes in finally. Yeah, this is when he's 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 he basically starts crying and being like, "I'm sorry, I've been such a fool." And then Captain Marvel has to comfort him and says, "You know, it's all right, Rick. I understand." And then now we see from outside, like basically from away from this panel, he says, "You're here now. That's all that matters." As the Fantastic Four start leaving, they close the door, and he says, "We were together again, just like the old days." The thing says they're gonna be they're gonna want to be alone together for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so we get. Again, more, very touching stuff. And then we get um, Drax show up, some other guys. And then what's interesting is a Skrull general shows up. And he's <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, and he's like, I'm not here because you are our enemy, but because you have always been our greatest enemy. No being in the galaxy has ever faced our, our might so bravely or thwarted our plans as many times as you. You are quite possibly the greatest warrior who has ever walked the stars. We are a martial race and have long respected your skills, deeds, and courage, even though you are a foe. And he gives him the fucking scroll Medal of Honor. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, may your passing be swift and your afterlife afterlife reward great. And one thing that I really like about the scene is it would be cliche to have the Kree army come and forgive him for betraying yeah. them. Mm-hmm. And like, you're always the best and welcome him back in. But the Kree don't show up at all. Yep. And Rick gets pissed off about this. Yeah. And it's the enemies that show and they're like, we respect you, but his own people don't accept him by the end. Yeah. And there's this, the book is so... This is probably my favorite death in comics because there's so many things that, like, some things don't get to resolve. Yeah, that's, I thought the same thing. If you're going to kill somebody by cancer, you don't get to resolve anything because that's not how it works. I thought the same yeah. thing. When I saw the Supreme Intelligence before, I'm like, oh, he's going to have some part in this. But he did, the creatures literally just let him die yeah. alone. Like, yeah. they, don't, they don't fuck with well, him. Well, what's nice is, like, as, as like, um, Captain Marvel says, like, you don't get to resolve everything. But, like, he says, like, I've got a good, like, it doesn't matter that I don't have the Kree here. I've got a good woman I love by my side and many friends, friends any man would value so he says like let the Kree keep their medals and honors because he doesn't need them yeah now he falls into a coma and we get this splash page of him and the bed are still colored but all the heroes around him are like in this blue faded blue yeah and as he's like kind of fading away um mentor says it's so also unfair and it says unfair 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 and it echoes like throughout the page yeah Yeah. and as he's laying there his face turns to thanos and Thanos wakes up from the stone he's in, um, busts through the door while Captain Marvel's laying in bed. And he's like, how? You're supposed to be dead. And he's like, so I am. And it would appear that you are soon to join me in that state. It pains me to see you so frail, ill, decayed, slowly withering away. And he basically says, 
uh, for for you, death should be a glorious event. So rise, Captain Marvel. <laughs> and then he stands up and he's in his costume. Yeah, Cap- Captain Marvel's now in his costume. He goes to fight Thanos. And they basically, they set up like a superhero fight for the finale. Mm-hmm. And it's in this it's in this place near the heart of the universe. <laughs> yeah. It's like a real little yeah. heart pumping, like a giant heart pumping in the center. And Thanos brings him there. He's like, I'm going to fuck up this heart. <laughs> yeah. And Captain Marvel says, why? And he's like, because I am Thanos. Yeah. And because you are Captain Marvel. Your job is to try to stop you. And this fight's really cool because it's very abstract. Like, it's obvious that this is some weird, like, abstract thing, not an actual fight. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. there's, like, just hands coming out of the ground, trying to pull them in. Like, they, who's mon- like all uh, Tails turns into, into fucking, like, liquid, all of his other enemies come Yeah, out they're fighting them. in, like, portals and stuff. And as he fights them, they're, like, their heads explode and pop off. Yeah, and, and they like, turn to stone. Yeah, so yeah. it's, like, clear, like, like this is, like, Tails giving him, like, a final heroic fight mm-hmm. in his mind. Yeah. And Thanos, like, the narration is like, surrender yourself to their cold embrace, Marvel. It is your fate. Put an end to this childish myopia of reality. Make it easy on yourself. And, and he's, he's like, no! I refuse to accept that. As long as there is life, there is hope. And he, he shatters Thanos. He shatters Thanos, but, you know, he reforms and he's like... Well, there's a, there's a separate one, because, like, that one's the illusion. Because, like, right. the illusion that Captain Marvel's having to deal with is struggling to stay alive. And Thanos yeah. is like, it's, it's time to go, buddy. Yeah, I am finite. Like all men, I am finite, and I accept it. Your arrogance is noble, but futile. Just, but useless. It is the way of man, the only way we know how to play the game. Mm-hmm. But the contest is over, and she comes for you. Are you ready for her? And it's Death standing there. And this is Death. Uh, Death shows up as a, uh, a woman, uh, like uh, looking like a woman. Thanos says, she is the bridge to eternity. Her caress is peace. Do not fear her, for she is merely that which awaits us all. And then this is when Captain Marvel says, it's not that I fear her, it's just that... I no longer need, and he waves his hand in front of her face, and he says the illusion, and from now she's not a woman, but a, like a skeleton. Skeleton, mm-hmm. yes, and she kisses him. And and Thanos says, so it ends, and the heart of the universe stops beating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he, he's like, I don't need the fucking heroic finale anymore, I, I'm willing to accept my fate. And, and he holds Death's hand with Thanos on the other side, and they walk into this darkness. The light. And, yeah, the white yeah. light, and that's when uh, the EKG goes flatline. Mm-hmm. Mentor co- and this I like how you know, the normal line. There's only one more line after this. Uh, Mentor covers him, saying he's gone. And the final page is a splash page of a star in the shape of Captain Marvel's uh, logo, uh, sta- standing over the, all the heroes as they uh, stand over his grave in space. Yeah, and the grave is the monument with the original logo that was on his shirt. Yeah, the, the yeah. Uranus symbol. I I really like teared up a lot through this ending part. I thought it was like really touching. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because the only like. The only superhero-y, comic book stuff Starlin does is the illusion, because that's how Captain Marvel wanted to live. Yeah. And it's I, I just... want to say, you know, I read this on a, a fucking website, and, like, <laughs> one of the comments on here actually captured it, like, really well for me, where some guy a year ago just said, beautiful, soulful, and handles a difficult topic with respect and dignity. This is a good comic. <laughs> After reading that, I'm like... Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> Finally, you can agree with I really agree. <laughs> yep. It, it, proved, it proves, yeah. like, when you give Starlin material to work with and you just let him, like, work at his own pace, that he produces really good stuff. He's, yeah, the, yeah. he's by far my like, favorite. Like, you, you should read Thanos yeah. Quest if you really like this. You really should. Yeah, remember we did the fucking Joker uh, Iran story? Dallas yeah. Starlin, too. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so uh, I, but I do think Starlin's much better at space, like high Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. that's why. Like, I think he needs the space to do to to yeah, be able space. to ca- tackle this stuff rather than yeah. I don't know what happened with Joker or Iran. <laughs> I, that is more like a weird experiment, like more than like. Yeah, yeah, that was a weird. Episode. And I also, I feel like this is especially powerful because it's one of the comic book deaths that sticks. Yeah, like Marvel yeah, isn't God. running around. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. So not not to be he, cruel or crass. Thank but, God, fuck him. Yeah, thank God he stays dead. But it's it's cool because it's it. You remember this kind of stuff, and you want them like how Uncle Ben has to stay dead. Although I don't know if he ever really did. The thing is, well, Marvel and Uncle Ben—they always come back in like weird, like one-off stories. Like there was an alternate dimension evil Uncle Ben because it's comic. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's never—they never come back for real. It's, 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 they, they never like those are stories you can't ignore. They're like one-off weird stories that some writer made in their fucking drug. Yeah, they're more state. exploring the concept than actually changing the continuity. Mm-hmm. Right. But uh, so obviously we all thought this was great. Yeah, really good. Yeah. So, I, I uh, really so, so like like Daryl, what we mentioned that Captain Marvel stays dead. So for part two, let's recap like, Marvel. <laughs> uh, for part two of our Legacy Vember, we'll be covering yes. we'll be covering the second Captain Marvel, who was a black woman. Oh. We'll be covering Miss Marvel, who was Carol Danvers, this mm-hmm. throwaway character in the original series, and we'll be covering Captain Marvel's son named Legacy. So we're covering Legacy for Legacy Vember. Yes. Now I know before everyone yells at us, it is uh, technically October thirty first when this comes out, but we don't give a fuck. You we don't give a fuck. Shit. Happy Halloween or whatever. We're starting November a day early. Cause you know we're what? not gonna fuck up our fucking November schedule just because uh, the fucking year decided that that we're on October thirtieth now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's the year's fault, not ours. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we good? We good. We good. We're always good. We're great. We're fucking amazing. <laughs> Except we'll, death will come for us all, and that's you know, yeah. Thing. You gotta accept yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> I can't yet. So uh, speaking <laughs> <Rick> of <laughs> the inevitable march towards death. Make sure everyone votes on Tuesday, please. Please. Oh, yeah. 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 Please vote. Your vote matters. I'm writing in Captain Marvel. (laughs) You don't do that. Even if you're in, like, a a state that it's it's fine, just still vote in order to show that there's a lot of people that are excited this year. Unless you like Nazis, in which case don't vote, you assholes. And if you are a Nazi, then fuck you, too. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And, yeah, so make sure you vote and... Before you vote, you should check out the Flying Machine Network shows. The content channel is back, the main flagship one, with an episode on yeah on Jaws. And the reason why I want to mention it here is because we talk a lot about in this book all the little touches that people maybe wouldn't notice, like the things in the background, the little things. And Malcolm's whole episode is about the Jaws sound, the Jaws score by John Williams that isn't that theme. All the other really nice touches in the background that make Jaws a classic that maybe you don't notice in the same way that Starlin makes this book perfect in ways that a lot of people maybe wouldn't notice. Yes. So, Sounds yeah. neat. It's very good. We should also hype up uh, speak of Patreon and uh, speak of Flying Machine <laughs> uh, and the Flying Machine Patreon to segue to that. Uh, we'll be covering uh, Heroes in Crisis, a modern DC event on the oh, Patreon. Yeah. And we should have that out because if you're a comic fan, you know what Heroes in Crisis is. It could be compared to the modern identity crisis in terms of fucking shit up. And it might be uh, just fucking terrible. It probably will be terrible. 
But if you want to see us talking about heroes dying and also trying to tackle dark, deep, dark issues about being a hero, uh, check out our Patreon uh, to and, see that. Yeah, live. so we're doing something a little bit different. The first episode will come out tomorrow, I believe, for on yes. the Patreon, and we're going to be reading the book a couple issues at a time. So we're just covering issue one on tomorrow's Patreon episode. So we're going to get, I'm going to, we're going to let Phil and Daryl kind of experience what it's like to read a story and just have to have it take six months. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and then yeah. you're going to see us uh, change our opinions potentially during the middle of the story because sometimes there are plenty of stories where Ryan's come to me saying the story's fucking amazing then he gets the last issue he's like this is the worst story I ever fucking read yeah. <laughs> or, or the end has happened and this, yeah. this issue sometimes is, the killer yeah. doesn't make sense and this is one of those issues where I'm like I fucking hate this and if he's doing what he's pretending to do then fuck this book forever so we'll see mm. we'll see yeah. how it goes but yeah so that's if you go to the flyingmachine.network website and you could check out the Patreon right there. It's also patreon.com slash flying machine. And you get all the bonus episodes at the $5 a month level. So check yeah, that out. Yeah, which we already have six uh, episodes done. So, you know, that's like two hours of content. Yeah, you could and you to. get all the backlog. No, three hours. So it's not like yep. if you donate now, you miss those other episodes. So yep. cool. And so, that's all I got. So take us away. Slide. Yes. So thank you all for listening. I've been an old man that explodes creep. I've been fantastic. I've been Rick James, bitch. <laughs> and I, like all men, am finite and accept it. Stand continuity. I give you the incredible flying machine. Oop. Yeah, but before... Uh, Sly, we... Sly, you're bouncing around. Sly, you time. are really laggy. <laughs> Let me even come back real quick. Okay. He's like the Flash. Hello, <laughs> <laughs> heard you guys say bad things about Nitro. Bubbly, 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 bubbly. All level. All level, all level, All right, so... Yeah, uh, you're back to normal. <laughs> okay. All right, so uh, we should uh, mention Carol's... Carol Danvers, at this point, was just a security guard at the military. Mm-hmm. And then he, he fantastics and clangs his hands, and Captain Marvel shows up. He doesn't see fantastic at this point. I think, I think he dropped it. Yeah. Am I still lagging? Yeah, they dropped it. But Am I still it then... I mean, I'm still lagging. Yeah, again. you are. Yeah. Shit. All right, I'm going to come back again. <laughs> Goddamn Skype. Fuck you. Do you use the Skype for Windows 10 or the Skype for desktop one? Uh, hello, hello. <laughs> I, I slide. Slide.